I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Model Podcast, coming to you from Models One in partnership with Studio 71. Now in our 50th year, Models One is the most established agency in Europe and we would like to share with you how our world works through this series, which will feature exclusive interviews and conversations with our models, talent, colleagues and friends in fashion. In this first episode, we are joined by the legendary Yasmin Lebon, the British supermodel whose career with Models One spans three decades with unwavering success. She has appeared on the covers of over 300 magazines worldwide, including the first issues of British and American Elle. She's been shot by some of the world's most renowned photographers, um, from Patrick de Marchelier to Lindbergh, and been a firm favourite of designers like Azadina Lyre, Valentino, Karl Lagerfeld, and Calvin Klein, just to name a few. <laughs> Along with her stellar career, Yasmin has cultivated family life in southwest London with her equally as legendary husband, Simon Bon, and uh, three daughters, two of which have had close relationships with Models One. Of course, we have the model Amber signed to us, and gorgeous Tallulah, who worked with us as a booker. Hello and welcome to the Model Podcast coming to you from Models One and in partnership with Studio 71. Today we are joined by legendary supermodel Yasmin Laban. <laughs> I had to say that bit. I had legendary to. and I'm squirming. <laughs> I know, it, feels, it doesn't feel right, but for me this is, this is pretty exciting. Um, so obviously me, myself, being uh, one of the scouts at Models One and obviously working for the company, career starting really early. And Yasmin, you've, you've been with Models One for how long now? Forever. Um, <laughs> I've been with them, what, 30, over 35 years Amazing. or something ridiculous like Amazing. That. And this is obviously where your career started as well. Uh, the, uh, sort of, sort yes. Of. I mean, I, I did the odd bit of, uh, you could call it modelling in yeah. Oxford when I was still there before I left Oxford. Um, when I was very young, but that was just kind of extra fag and booze money, yeah. really. <laughs> you know, I mean, trying trying to persuade people to try sparkling wine at the end at the end of a checkout. Oh, nice! Like a, you know, like was, a fancy promo girl. Yeah, was, was <laughs> that, 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 those those were tough days. But you know, I kind of took myself to London, brought uh-huh. myself here. Um, and really, luckily, the only agency I'd ever heard of w- was Models One. Oh, really? They happened to represent a girl I, I went to school with. So I I kind of took myself to London. I didn't really know what to do with myself. Um, didn't have a place in further education. Wasn't quite sure where I was going, what I was doing. And everybody had said I should model. So I brought myself to London. And you went into, walked, you walked went into, into Models even... One. And Josie Fonseca... You know, sat me down and walked off, and five minutes, you know, five, less than five minutes later, came back and said, um, "Yes, darling, you know, we'd love to take you on for a month's trial, and <laughs> starting tomorrow." And then didn't ask me, you know, what I was going to do and where I was going to stay. Or... Oh gosh! <laughs> and then, and then, where did it go from there? Because that's obviously that is that is quite an immediate signing, and then you're there immediate. and in, into the fray. Well, the next day, I went to my my first casting, and I got the job. So a week later, I, I was working, and and the first job was yeah again not the most glamorous job. You know, I think on, I was, what was it? I think I was chucking fake money over Martin Sheen in a 
Daily Mirror commercial that ran into extraordinary overtime. So, Amazing. you know, in that one day, I managed to earn more than I could in a month working in a store. That's when I suddenly thought, oh, oh, this is a, this this is is a proper right, job. This? Yeah. yeah, I think I'll stick at this. So for you, I mean, obviously it's like your first job. Do you think it's, do you think it's one of like your most memorable experiences in the job? I mean, I mean tell us a little bit about maybe what, what, I know it's always hard, especially over a career that's obviously spanned for, for 30 years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's probably a Come lot, on, a lot I've wiped out of my memory, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. <laughs> you know, but it's not always, um, actually it's not always the best jobs that you do that yeah. are the most memorable. But, you know, there have been so many great moments. I mean, I, I, I more than anything, I think it's the laughter and, and the ridiculousness of it all. And, yeah. you know, if I if I actually would ever see myself or, or sometimes you can step out of yourself and see what you're doing, that's when I really descend and melt in, into fits of giggles because, you know, I move in such a ridiculous way. I look like <laughs> a caged bear or somebody who really should be locked away. There's something I can't imagine Yasmin Le Bon ever looking like a caged bear, <laughs> oh, to be fair. You know, <laughs> things that you do when you model you know you never really do make do a movement the whole way through sure. you just kind of do, semi do it yeah <laughs> I mean I mean having said that actually um you know there has been a little bit of a I don't know resurgence I mean the, the supers seem to be back at the moment don't you think I mean and you, Absolutely. you know obviously you you walked for Calvin Klein re- really recently I mean mm. and I know you mm. were sort of quoted to say you didn't want to look like somebody's <laughs> excuse me for quoting this Yasmin yes, but you sorry. did say didn't You're you someone's grandma yes and I am yes exactly <laughs> which you know you don't but you yeah. are obviously but how do you feel about the fact that the supers are back I mean well, for girls great. like me it's really exciting I as well I think that, that we were a generation there were a whole bunch of us who mm-hmm. just um just didn't stop actually yeah. somebody probably should have told us to stop but we just didn't <laughs> I mean it was the easiest job for me to do especially having children and being yeah. self-employed meant I could say yes or no to anything um and I you know we all you know pretty much took care of ourselves yeah. and just carried on just carried on working yeah um and I'm really glad we did because everybody needs to be represented yeah and I'm kind of amazed that I'm still working but but I think it's right. I think yeah. it's good for society that we actually are doing it. Yeah. Um, that feels, again, like something that yeah, maybe we've broken a bit of ground. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, how do you feel as well then, sort of with you, obviously, you know, your career still going super strong. I mean, the fact that your lovely daughter, Amber, is also represented by Models One. How did you feel about her getting into the industry in the modelling sense? And, of course, if we had lovely Tallulah, who was a booker at the agency. So I actually didn't have any qualms about Amber... Uh, modeling at all because Karen and I had come to a decision really not to let her know about anything she she's a very grown-up mature girl she's kind she's not overly impressed by by glamour and and she's been around she'd been around the business since she was a little child so she she really did know how to handle herself Mm -hmm. in the business Um, she had a, a very clear sense of herself and I didn't feel I didn't feel anxious about that at all. I didn't have to tell her anything. She already knew. Yeah. I mean, she'd been around it. Um, I think I just, you know, just gave her the strength to, to yeah. understand what she... I thought it would be a really, really good way to grow up, actually. I and mean, you've got to be very self-sufficient. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're you not going to have somebody holding your hand every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you're going to be looked after and, 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 and managed by a fantastic agent. But you do have to grow up. It's yeah. an industry. I always tell people this. It's an industry full of very young people, but it's a very grown-up industry full of very young people. Yeah. So, you know, you anyone who's 18 in the business is not like a regular 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like a 38-year-old. Yeah. You, you've got to be able to be incredibly independent and flexible, 
have a have a real understanding of how to get the best out of people, yeah. how to manage situations, manage people as well as yourself, and and understand how to be alone and be self-motivated. Sure. Uh, I, I think it's um, very underestimated. I think a lot of people, a lot of young people see it from the outside and they just don't realise. Yeah. What would your advice be then? To, obviously, because we do get, I mean, as the scout, I obviously see firsthand mm. the amount of aspiring models that are out there. Mm. And obviously, you being in the industry for, for 30 years, if you were a new face starting now, what I, advice I, what, I, what I advice think I'd be have? very clear about what kind of person are you? Yeah. Are you thick-skinned enough for this? Mm-hmm. Be honest. Because if you're the kind of person who who really worries yeah. what other people think about you, this is not the industry to no. be in at all. In fact, it would be entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've had many conversations with young people in the business um, and some of whom who have had to leave. Yeah. Um, and that's been the best thing for them ever, best decision they ever made, mm-hmm. because it, it was kind of destroying them. Mm-hmm. There's so much rejection, and it, it's very, very difficult to think of yourself as a product. Sure. Because you're not. You know, yeah. you can't truly separate the physical yeah, you from the emotional. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, you're, you are a being. Yeah. So you've got to be very, very thick-skinned, pretty clear about how long you intend to be in it, what you're going to do, what you want out of it, how hard you intend to work as well. I think a lot of people underestimate how difficult that is as well. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've seen a huge change in the industry throughout the time you've you've had your career? So I think that there are many things that have changed, many things have stayed the same. I mean, the the, the real essence of the business hasn't, but um, I, I kind of get very disheartened. I think there's the capacity for a lot more exploitation. Yeah than in the past and I thought I was a part of a generation that was really championing um, great working conditions you know decent rates just really taking the business into a much more professional kind of level and understanding what you're worth and Mm -hmm. being being paid what you're worth Um, I now am really really nervous about what's going on I think there is just there are just so many people wanting to be a part of the business um, and you feel it's and diluting there's, it. To there's a an opportunity yeah. for people to exploit it, and, yeah. and and people who really shouldn't be exploiting. Yeah. It. I mean, very big companies with a lot of money who mm-hmm. really shouldn't be exploiting yeah. young people. Because I often I often see this side of it too. Do you feel that social media has a, has a little bit of a part to play in that? Perhaps. I mean, I hate to sound like a luddite because I'm really not, and yeah. I really understand it. But unfortunately, that is the case yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And and the idea that people seem to think that everything on on the internet is oh, just for free. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, it's not just yeah. for free. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we've just had a groundbreaking decision in the European courts mm-hmm. about about um, you know um, copyrights. Sure. Um, and and so that's that's a really important step, actually. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be um, played out even more, and, and hopefully within the modelling industry. So can, can, can you tell us a little bit about the relationship that you have with your agent? Obviously, it's, it's a huge one, and it's, it's a really important one. I mean, how- so I never really imagined that after 35 years, I would I feel like I need my agent more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and if I don't know everything about the business, I don't know. Don't know who doesn't. Honestly, I, I. But I actually do need my agent more. Yeah. I need to be represented. It's not that I need my hand to be held in yeah. any way, but there are even more pitfalls. There, there's so much toing and froing. There's so many things 
behind the scenes yeah. with a negotiation of any kind, even the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are things that I cannot possibly negotiate, cannot possibly do. Mm-hmm. Um, would, it would lead to it was serious me being exploited, everybody being exploited, actually, mm-hmm. it's, which is not right. I need somebody who's got my back, and I need that person more so than ever. Yeah. And I have an extraordinary relationship with my agent. I mean, yeah. Karen and I, well, I speak to Karen more on the phone <laughs> than I speak to my own family. <laughs> it's yeah. actually always nice hearing when Karen rings the off- when rings you from the office. I can always hear, I think, like, that's Yasmin's house. She's like, is mum there? And it's just like, <laughs> yes, yes, like, that's, Ka- that's Karen ringing the house phone. <laughs> I know, phone? I know, I, I know, I know. And Karen's one of the only, it's only Karen and Amber ever call on the, on the landline, you know, so I know it. It's either one of them. <laughs> Love it. It's brilliant. But yeah, obviously the relationship between the model and an agent is yeah. obviously well, paramount. Really, 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 really mm. close. I think you help each other. You grow together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can only become a great agent if you represent, you know, good people mm-hmm. who, are, who are really committed to what they're doing. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got to... It's not a game that you play, but you, you have to grow together. You have to understand... You know, an agent can only be as good at negotiating for you if if you're willing to take a risk as yeah, well. And, yeah. and they help you to grow up and they help yeah. you to... You know, you, you come to dis- decisions together, sorry. Um, and that's a really, really important thing that I also like to, to speak to young people about is always take control of your life. You're self-employed. This is you representing yourself mm-hmm. first and foremost. Um, and, and to take control... You know, have an interest, you know, learn everything you can about the business. Don't expect, you know, your agent to know everything and to, you know, I would, advice is, I welcome advice, but I, it comes to, um, you know, a a place of intelligence and a place of curiosity. You know, when I first came to, walked into Models One, I already knew, you know, what Patrick de Marchelier's light was. I already knew, uh, you know... who was doing great Linda mm-hmm. Cantello's makeup I already yeah. knew you know I, I didn't nobody had to tell me anything in fact I could probably give everyone else a bit of a lesson on yeah. it but because I was interested yeah and if you don't have that innate interest yeah. in the business in the business of making images and creating images and yeah. you know communicating with people having an interest in that, then again walk away from it because it's too goddamn difficult yeah you know it really is you're going to have so many highs and lows and you're going to sacrifice a great deal it's not easy. It's no. not plain sailing at all. I and mean, the highs are high and the good things are great. But the things that aren't great about it can be really, really soul destroying. Sure. So really, you know, you've got to have an interest. So um, to finish on a high, then obviously you have mentioned some like you've worked with ama- amazing photographers and you obviously knew a lot of the work and the sort of things that were going on behind the scenes. And, you know, you, you were one of the like first cover stars for, for British L. Um, I was American actually L. the first. I had the first cover of American L and the first cover of British L, which was that's, a real that's coup. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no idea. It's incredible how, you, how good at blagging yeah. you can be, honestly. <laughs> you know, I've always said to people, I'm, I'm, I'm not the prettiest, I'm not the thinnest, I'm not the most photogenic. I'm not the cheapest either. <laughs> I have no idea why people book me. I mean, I get to when I go to work every day. I still keep. I honestly thank my lucky stars, and I, I just don't know how I'm going to blag it today. But I'm going to. I'm going to do it. I've got to dig deep. But you know, I mean, the first American L cover was horrendous. Actually, I'd been working nonstop, and I don't think I'd slept for about four days. And I, I can remember actually kind of nodding off in the middle of being of, of Gilles photographing me. <laughs> had to come and poke me, and oh wake my me gosh. up. I mean. To be honest, I can't look at that cover. 
Do you ever. still have them? I never had it in my book. I couldn't really? stand it. Do you yeah. still have them at home? Is that just because of the memory of it of being exhausted or do you, did you yeah. not like the outcome? No, it's, a terrible, <laughs> it's a terrible cover. They just really, 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 you know, they really like me a lot. And I, I used to be in on the meetings that Regis oh, wow. and Gilles used to have. It was like we were, it's like we were plotting. Yeah. You know, we were planning to, so you're to involved change in the production the world. back then as yeah, well. Yeah, because amazing. you have to remember, you know, really there was only American Vogue yeah. that was shooting high fashion. Honestly, the magazines like Glamour in America, but there really wasn't anything else to compete with Vogue and and they were so stayed in those days and yeah. stick in the mud honestly they really were I hate to say it um and Elle were you know I'd been shooting for in, in France for so long and they had this other idea about fashion about the way you mix high street and designer and just layer things on and have confidence and you know and they were the first people who were putting you know sportswear with with designer yeah, yeah. you know and there was something really inclusive. And, of course, all the girls they used in, in L, everybody, you know, there was a real spread of ethnic ethnic backgrounds yeah. and everybody was from everywhere, mixed race, every, you know, that yeah. that was their vibe. Um, and that was just fantastic yeah, and amazing. really refreshing. Yeah. And I really wanted to be part of it. So they knew. So I used to be along in the meetings. We were, honestly <laughs> thought we were, we, were go, we were ready to take over the world. You know, the world's going to change. And to be honest, it felt like the world did change a bit. Yeah. When, when American Elle launched because there was nothing else on the market like it. That's incredible. You should use it. You should use the picture, Yasmin. You should add <laughs> Luckily, I've like, got a better cover you know. from them after that. <laughs> and, then, and then just... I'd be moaning for quite some time. Do you have in time. your house, like I imagine now, I'm just envisaging this whole, like, you know, Yasmin Hall of Fame. Gosh, just, like, going no, through your house, you no, should so do that. They're all kind of, they're all kind of stuck together, <laughs> oh, you know, down, down in the basement. Yeah. No. It'd be too crazy, you know. I, I'm, do you I'm, have I'm any... Not, I know it's a really weird thing to say, but do you mm-hmm. have any of your work sort of like out anything that you I, I have one I have a picture that Horst took for British Vogue mm-hmm. actually the, the gallerist is a friend of mine and he actually gave me the picture which was fantastic that's awesome so that's it's a really beautiful beautiful print yeah amazing yeah that's a classic and obviously so obviously going from the first ever cover of the first ever edition of American Elle you've obviously worked with some incredible designs of course um recently left us the great Karl Lagerfeld and Azadina Laya. I mean, tell us about I those know. experiences. Well, you know, I was so incredibly lucky. I was incredibly lucky to work in that, this era anyway. Mm. I mean, working with Azadine, uh, there was no one else quite like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he would cut, you know, he couldn't draw at all, so he had to do everything on the body. Wow. And... He, he, everything was late and he never really showed during showtime because he could never actually finish the clothes. He worked with the, the smallest team of people I've ever seen in my life, but his taste level was just exquisite and he was incredibly naughty. Um, he, you know, he, in what he, sense? Go he, on. Was ter- he was terrible. I mean, he, he used to... I remember when I first did his shows, Janice Dickinson was doing the show and Janice was a riot anyway. I mean, seriously... She still seems like she, a riot. You know when honest. they say wild child? It's because of Janice Dickinson. <laughs> and, and she was just so fabulous and wonderful. And any time she got anywhere near Azadine, he had this little Yorkshire Terrier, Patapouf. The, the Yorkshire Terrier would go nuts. Or, or any time, you even turned around to Patapouf and went, Oui, Janice! Oui. The dog would go oh crazy God, so it took me so long to work out what was going on as dean was actually pinching the dog every time oh. every time anyone said janice he would just give the dog a little pinch it was hysterical oh, I mean, it was so okay. naughty it was so evil of him but he had that devilish sense of humor yeah. partly because he never left the atelier i mean it was his work which is why he kind of brought the party to him yeah 
So we'd go there, we'd stay with him, we'd have dinner with him. It was just fantastic. And and we used to fly ourselves in. We all would stay in the same little grotty hotel around the corner and just have a ball. It was it was like a non-stop sleepover, uh, only with the added, you know, advantage of actually being on stage yeah. and the show, getting your hair and makeup done. It was really fun, and we all used to look forward to it. Yeah. Because Azadine used to get together... Unlike anyone else in those days, used to get together girls. Some girls had, had retired. Some had gone on and done different things. So, you know, Betty Largo was flying in from Brazil. She was now, now a soap star in Brazil, you know. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't see. Yeah. There were people that you wouldn't see in any other show apart from Azadine's. And that felt really, really special. That's amazing. And, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky. I've had ridiculous times. You know, Claude Montana shows where Claude would just think it was hysterical and wonderful and fantastic that they'd managed to build this ridiculous stage set that was like a, you know some really narrow, curving, swooping, you know, thing that you had to try and negotiate down in, 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 a, in a, you know, pin, ridiculously tight skirt. You're wobbling along. Oh, my God. You know, and you just think, I, I am actually going to, yeah. I'm going to die here. This is it. You know, I'm, I'm fashionably going to fall over and there are going to be stilettos in the air. But they were hysterical times. It's, honestly, it sounds so good. And I think it's like... It's, I feel like that's why it's so iconic, you know. I'm so, it's so honestly, it's really so I, lovely to I, talk to you I today. Feel, I feel really lucky that it was part of a time yeah. when I could really get to have fun and yeah. show and twirl and get things wrong and have earrings go flying everywhere, yeah. and losing your shoes. I mean, it it, it makes it incredibly funny. I, I yeah. do have stories for days. Oh, it's so good though. <laughs> I feel like it's honestly part of an era that I was really glad to like witness and sort of that was that was for me that was the era that I looked up to you know that was the whole when I thought of being on a catwalk show yeah that's what I saw you know and I think Jasmine what can we do to bring this back I think we need to bring this energy back (laughs) I did did try it at a Galliano show (laughs) I mean I got some looks from some of the show producers but I did try and explain to them we're doing John Galliano for crying out loud you know not at a Helmut Lang show expects you to perform (laughs) Perform. <laughs> Can we expect that then next time from you? Next time you get called back for a show? In September, well, I mean, perhaps? I could because I've got nothing resting on it. I don't have to do any other show, so I could just misbehave entirely. Sounds great. Mm. <laughs> still have some girls you know so you get the standard girls that sort of like still doing really well and um you know the same sort of girls you see on the on the on the circuit um but do you feel like that era of supermodels as you know sort of like is you the part of the the, that you were in with all those Mm. wonderful amazing girls i obviously looked up to um myself do you feel that era's gone or do you feel like you could see you could see it happening again it's it's changing Mm -hmm. i don't know whether it's going to happen again in the same way no Uh, i feel like there's a lot more pressure on the girls to do have many different roles Mm -hmm. but i I do think that although everyone is obsessed with influencers and this <laughs> and that, and, you know, and there's a role for that kind yeah. of marketing, but it's not everything. No. Um, there's a role, there's a place for dreaming. It's a different part of our brains um, that you connect with. Very, very different thing. I always say to people, you know, when an actress does a job or, you know, is in an advertising campaign or you, or you use an influencer, they're speaking to a very different part. They could be speaking to a trusted friend or or somebody may feel they know them because they've been on the big screen. But when a, a model does something, um, they sort of allow you to dream yeah. and they allow you to create your own story in your head. It's a very, it's a really, it's, this sounds like gobbledygook, but I really do know, yeah. honestly, what I'm saying is true. Yeah. And I think that we may see a resurgence of that. Yeah. 
I mean, actually. that would be nice. Yeah. Because I, I think I it's aspirational. Be I wouldn't be surprised. And I think it inspires yeah. people. Exactly. Which is really nice. And, you know, obviously it was really special for you, I'm sure, to have been part of part of that. Well, I think everybody wants to be a creator now, yeah. but then you've got to be able to tap into your... Create, your so you've your, been natural icons. You've got to be able to look and before, listen to be able yeah. to create, create you know? <laughs> but it's kind of amazing, you know, before this sort of speed of, of today with the social media and everything else being in such a rush and the internet and whatever... I mean, you guys started something that obviously has gone on to to last forever, and people are still trying to, you know. Well, I think I, I hope actually that you know that that's something I, that that I think is quite important is creating, being part of a creative industry where things aren't throw away all the time. You know that I can remember so many images that other people have done, great stories that have been in magazines that really, really spoke to me, and I will remember forever. You know, those, and I think there, there is really a place for that, absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Model Podcast, brought to you by Models One and Studio 71. Hit subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review. See you next time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89 percent off usps and ups Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.